and welcome to another edition of Talking Heads. You're here with me, Suzanne McCandless, Head of School, Amy Gannatton, Intermediate and Middle School Division Director, and Tim Ziegler, Early Childhood and Lower School Division Director. Today, we're going to talk about technology, students and how they intersect and interact at school. And a little later, we're going to chat with a special guest, Sarah Verwers and Cindy Carter, to learn a little bit more about cybersecurity and overall technology safety. So stick around. All right. Woohoo. It's time to chat. What topic are we going to chat about today, guys? Well, the first thing I want to know um, Tim just went on this Spanish immersion trip. So bueno. I went, yes, I want to hear you say something <laughs> like a full sentence in Spanish. Uh, me gusta visito el lago de bosque. Es mi favorito lugar favorito en el todo Minnesota. Nice. Okay. See? What did I say? You, you, it was your favorite. To, you liked it, Megusta. You liked going to wow. visit. You, you should have gone favorite. on the trip, it sounds like. Cuantos años tienes tú? Treinta y tres, ¿y tú? Yeah, come on. Uh, you set yourself up for that one. <laughs> silence. I know some important phrases. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I know yeah. some important yeah, phrases. Yeah, like how to ask where the baño is. Mm-hmm. Or That's bibli- a very important one. Or the biblioteca. <laughs> the only word the I library. Remember. <laughs> Great. I don't know. That was in our book when we were studying. Everything was at the La Biblioteca. I don't know. It was a long I'm drive sure. up there, though, wasn't it? Uh, with Mr. Clay driving, we got there pretty fast. Oh, well. Yeah, let's. Uh, maybe we shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. It, it was a fun trip, though. It, I really, really enjoyed it. Probably the best part was the dancing. That, a lot of dancing. I did watch the videos from yeah. and some of those dancers. As, as an experienced dancer, what did you think? Well, I, I mean, Ralph threw out some yeah. moves that had me had me very impressed. Excited for future dances? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he threw a little twist on yeah. it with the kicks. So I was <laughs> yeah, like, okay. that was the one I saw. I was like, all right, all right, <laughs> Interesting. Ralph. Well, we appreciate you chaperoning. That was very nice of you. Well, I had yeah. a great time. Thanks for letting That's me awesome. go. And you're going on the next trip. <laughs> I am. Good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Horseshoe Canyon with the sixth grade. That one I sounds know. like a lot of fun. You know, it's like rock climbing. Oh, and, yeah. They have yeah. so many routes down there. That's going to be a lot of fun. You need uh, an extra person? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'd have to ask Mrs. Newhouse that question. But uh, And then Trips horseback closed. riding. <laughs> That's what Mrs. Newhouse will say. <laughs> Trips closed. <laughs> I'm excited. You know, you eat family style too, so that's a lot of fun. Oh, nice! Kind of like Lambert's. I always a little enjoy bit. that. You know, good times and yeah. horses and rock climbing. And I heard we're not doing axe throwing, but if we were, I would like that too. And um, <laughs> zip lining. So good times. Dude oh. ranch. Oh yeah. Yeah, gotta get my cowboy boots out. (laughs) Yeah, I know. know. You'll have gear for that, I'm sure. I have a whole bag for everything. Yeah, sounds like a very outdoorsy kind of place. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that kind of that kind of brings me to the topic. Maybe we're going to talk about today. With uh, sounds like on this trip, Horseshoe Canyon, you won't have a lot of technology with you. Correct. That's right. Yeah. Wow. What a great time. I know. I I heard the phones might not work, so I'm just going to assume they don't. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Just hide it, and And then she'll never come back. That's right. (laughs) This is great. No one can get a hold of me. It is. It is very. 
you know, it's scary at first, but fun when you go on a vacation and you don't have service. I mean, mm-hmm. there's that moment of, oh, does anyone know where I'm at? What if someone needs me? And then, then as soon as that thought's out of your head, it's kind of like, wow, nobody can uh, get a hold of me. No one knows where I'm at. It's kind of nice. Well, that, was, that was another nice thing about El Lago de Bosque is we didn't have our phones with us, and it was. I mean, you just see you're in the moment all the time. So I really appreciate that. It's nice to have it every once in a while. Yeah, that, that, that brings me – I want to talk a little bit about um, – an initiative that Student Council and National Junior Honor Society are getting ready to embark on. Um, It's called Meaningful Meals, and it's partnering with Parents Up. Um, And it's talking about the the importance of the family meal. And it's just 20 minutes eating, connecting, and unplugging. So they're going to be making bags for them all, the entire family, to put their cell phone in, and it's just all about what you were talking about, yeah. that connection. And that's like the most valuable 20 minutes. And it doesn't have to be a gourmet meal. It, it can be from a bag, from a box. You know, it might be in the car while you're waiting. Cereal. For a practice to start. Cereal. Yes, absolutely. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But it's mm. just about putting technology down and, and making that yeah. family connection. So, You know what I noticed? Um, you know, obviously I don't have little ones now, but... Um, Sometimes we have to look at ourselves and how are we role modeling. Like I think this whole initiative is talking about families doing that. But sometimes I think the biggest uh, problem is that we as adults um, can't put our technology down. You know, I get right. onto my husband if he's listening, which I'm sure he is. Uh, Shout out to you Kevin. know, he just loves to, you know, ding, get on there and look around. And I'm just like, put it away. I'm right here. Who wouldn't want to talk to me? Come on, just put the phone away. But, um, what'd you say? I, I was I, scrolling through my Facebook. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm I never have my phone out when I'm in your office. So I'm always there to talk to you. That's awesome. Oh. Yeah. Come by anytime. Oh. Then. I like oh, that. I appreciate that. So anyway, we as adults have to just be sure. You know, very um, careful of not saying that to our children, but right, then right. doing it ourselves. You know, I think we have to role model that. Sure. Well, and I think that's a big thing. You know, you were talking about um, putting the phones away f- to have a family meal together. And again, that's kind of a short, it's a short time, you know, and it's, we're not saying like completely eliminate technology. There's a great use for it, but there's times and places maybe where it will be a smart time to ditch it for a little bit and be in the moment. Um, which kind of brings us to what we're talking about today with uh, safety and technology. Um, so I'm, I'm very thankful that we're going to get the chance to talk to Mrs. Verwers here in a little bit and Cindy Carter just to hear some more of their fresh ideas on that too. But um, you know, what, what are your guys' thoughts as far as – I mean, I, I, we could go a million different places with this. but yeah, You know, I think when uh, – and obviously technology changes every year. Uh, my son, uh, he was in sixth grade before he got a phone, and mm-hmm. it was a phone that – you know, we put a limit on it. So at the end of the month, he'd be out of time. And it was a, you know, flip phone. It was a month, like a daily or a monthly? You know, it was, he only had so much time. Okay. And mostly he gained, I think, on it. I don't even <laughs> think he did much more. Then my daughter, of course, you know, was like, I think, fourth grade by the time she gets it. So part of my perspective is um, if I started over and I had a two-year-old or a four-year-old, you know, I think... I would tend to say, well, I don't want technology in their lives. Seeing it today from a parent perspective of having a 22-year-old and an 18-year-old, it is their lifeline in many ways. So I think um, we have to find a balance somehow at school um, to say, you know, technology is a tool. They have it at home 
you know, to play with, to game on, to Snapchat, to text, whatever. But maybe trying to get school to be just where we use it for, you know, for, yeah. as a tool. Um, and I think it's, as you know, as being early childhood and lower school, I mean, we've got little ones coming in with interactive smartwatches, which, you know, it's making us look at our policies a little bit right. more because we make we make our older kids turn their phones in every right. day. And so I think we're going to have to look at that in the future and say, you know, we don't need those. We, right. we don't need those at school. Right. So I mean, tough. I think when it's an educational tool, I mean, let's face it, it sure beats an encyclopedia. Like going and checking out. The dictionary. A diction- I mean, you know. And we still so, use dictionaries too. Yeah, somewhat. Um, I like I, encyclopedias. Well, I mean. But they're kind of vintage. Right, exactly. So, um, so they do have a world of knowledge right at their fingertips um, and lots of great ideas, but it, I do, they are addictive um, and they're distracting. So that's what I worry most about is that, you know, kids can start going down that rabbit hole of watching YouTube and it just like hours and pun hours will go by and they don't, they've lost that time. So they might be sleep deprived or, um, you know, it's just dangerous. So I think setting limits um, with with time, parents have to get involved with that. Um, we don't multitask. You get maybe just think as you were talking. Uh, I think a lot of people brag. I'm a multitasker, and I think if you've read any research and literature, it's not good for you. I, yeah. You know, it's it's all of us have lots of balls in the air. Ask but Mrs. I think, Ziegler how I multitask. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's so important to focus on something yeah. and do it really, really well mm-hmm. than to have five screens going and, you know, the phone right. dinging and all of those. I mean, no one, no one sure. is capable of really multitasking to that level. So I do think, I think especially at a younger age, even middle school, we're setting them up for failure if we tell them, Oh yeah, you can multitask and do all those yeah. things. So well, and, and kind of what, going back to what you're saying, Mrs. G, about the um, you know setting limits on that. Like in Suzanne, you had said you had like a monthly time limit to where it would just be done. Um, and then there, I think there's also strategies too. Like you know if, if we are worried about sleep deprived kids, I, I think having a system where they would turn their phones in at night. And again, this isn't for everybody, but just something that I've heard that's been very successful for a lot of people is they collect them at eight, nine o'clock at night, and then the kids will get them back in the morning. So, I mean, I think that's something good. That way kids aren't scrolling all night and looking at who's no, who knows what, because, you know, there are a lot of protections, screenings you can do on the phone, but there's always ways around to get to things. So, Oh yeah. And they figured that out very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll never be able to keep up. The adults will never be able to keep up with what the students know. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then I just think it's just not healthy for kids not to get outside, learn to use Mm -hmm. their imagination. I mean, if it's, if they're just playing one particular game, the imagination is like, they're not using their own imagination. They're using someone else's. Um, so I don't know. I just, I think there is value to just learning how to be without a device. Yeah. That's why I always say I'm like, kids need to learn how to be bored. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. they need to learn that skill. Um, you know, so many times we have so much stimulation going on that they always need something to do and it's okay to learn how to, Hey, I'm going to look out my window, you know, if I'm in the car or, Hey, I'm going to create a game with the things that I have. 
And at the same time, you know, again, uh, coming from perspective of having older children, I do think, you know, back in my day, you had to hurry and find a payphone, right? Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, there definitely are advantages of your children having that technology. I mean, for me, I love having the bank app. That makes life so easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are lots of things it's it's good for. Uh, Yeah. One thing I want to touch on. you know, we talk a lot um, how things evolve over time. And one way technology's evolved is, you know, we don't allow cell phones on um, our trips that we just talked about. And people would say even back in, you know, 15 years ago, you know, why are you not allowing some of these things? And part of it was exactly what we're saying. It's so important for us to unplug and these students have to talk to one another. They have yeah. to interact with one another. You know, we just recently, uh, Mrs. Newhouse and and Mrs. G and I had a long talk about, we, we would tell the students, hey, you need to bring your camera. And no one has cameras anymore. Yeah. They're like, what? <laughs> so we had a few who had GoPros, but we wanted to try, hey, what would it look like if we allowed the phones to be there, but we only told them when they could use them? And, you know, I think it was uh, fairly successful for our Cosmospheres trip. So it is something that we want to change with the times as well. But still, the reason of having them is to take pictures. That's it. I mean, we, we're not wanting them to communicate back and forth. And, you know, we, we let them call home, you know, once a day. Um, but just that balance, I think. Right. And I think it's hard as a parent. I look at you, Tim. You've got two little ones. Who knows what it will be like in 10 years, right? right? right. So we all have to evolve and change and, you know, sure. roll with the punches, I guess, and not get too set in our ways and have open I minds. think that's the biggest thing. I mean, with anything in life, right, is keeping an open mind um, just to hear other perspectives and other ideas. So for sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, these opportunities, these trips are so awesome. And you just want the yeah. kids to be engaged and be to present. lean into it. Yeah. And, and find... Well, I find myself, I don't know about you, I know we're almost done with this segment, but there will be times that even as adults here at school, we'll be in a Mm -hmm. meeting and people have their phone, they have their computer, they've got their watch. And I'm just wondering at the end of the meeting, did anyone even hear what was said? I mean, truly, I think people's perspectives of that 20 minute meeting could be different due to engagement and Mm -hmm. presence and just let that go. We're here in a meeting right now. So again, I go back to adults. I think we can want all the changes in the world. uh, But until we're ready as parents, adults, uh, and role models to actually uh, showcase some of those behaviors. I mean, it's it's pretty hard to get students to buy in for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Well, and I just I the one thing is just I don't want technology to drive our kids to be isolated from one another. I, there are time in the morning where we say it's tech free time. They have to shut them down. They have to talk to one another. They have to like mindfully get ready for their day. We've seen a big difference since we started that. So it's just I want I want our kids to graduate here knowing how to have a face to face, eye to eye conversation mm-hmm. conversation with a peer and their teachers. I think they do a great job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think it's not. It's there. There are no answers, really. There are no solutions. Um, but I think as long as we keep the dialogue open, you know, all the time with parents and students, and even amongst ourselves, philosophically, where we are each year, I mean, it's going to continue to change. So, uh, I always appreciate everyone having that open mind.
to take a minute to shout out to Arvis Bank. Arvis Bank is a new community partner to Oak Hill. They've been very supportive of education and other charities in the community. They invested in the success of Oak Hill. Check out Arvis Bank for your banking needs. Okay, it is time to bring on the professionals. Today, our special guests are Sarah Verwers, Innovation Specialist, and Cindy Carter, who is the Chief Information Security Officer and an eighth grade parent. So let's start by you guys introducing yourselves and telling us a little bit about why this topic is of interest and passion for you. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I'm Sarah Verwers, and I've been teaching at Oak Hill for six years now. And I'm also um, a parent of a 20-year-old who's in college and then a high school senior. So, um, And I think technology with kids has just been a passion of mine. I was um, in technology before I had kids and then stayed home for a little bit and then went back into education. And just watching things as um, tech has changed and their access to things online and just trying to keep them safe and smart um, and doing the right thing is kind of um, a big part of what I would like to do. Well, you know, and just seeing like the things that you do with our kids, you know, we, we spent some time talking earlier about like using technology to benefit, like all the great things you can do with it while still being safe and the things that I've seen in your class, like you use it to the maximum, teaching the kids like different new, different apps or having them work the robots. And it's just really impressive the things you do. Sorry, quick shout out for you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Cindy, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. And thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Um, This is, this is, of course, something that it's my life's work. Uh, Cybersecurity is actually not what I intended to do, though, when I came out of college. It's actually not something I intended to do when I started college. Uh, Some of the things that uh, folks don't know about me, if you look up on my LinkedIn profile, is um, I was actually pre-med before I went into IT. Um, My mother was a nurse, my father worked at IBM, and my dad could take me to work with him, so I got to play on the computers. Uh, And during college, as I was looking at uh, whatever eight-plus years of medical school debt, um, I decided to go ahead and pursue a career in information technology, or IT, as we know it today. And I have uh, grown up through the dot-com era. Um, and in uh, some aspects as a software developer as well, I have, um, you know, you know, those cables that used to hang out of the walls that you would plug your computers <laughs> into before Wi-Fi was invented. Um, I used to pull those cables. I pretty much did everything, um, connecting the network and uh, connecting people to the, the computers and the data that they needed. And it was at some point in my career um, while I was at Cerner here in Kansas City that I uh, took that fork in the road and uh, pursued uh, cybersecurity. And uh, I'm so glad that I did because this is uh, not only relevant, it's super important, no matter what your age is, um, to understand uh, why cybersecurity is important, uh, whether you're using a mobile phone or your laptop or uh, connecting to Wi-Fi somewhere that you don't know about. Um, And I like to say, as I um, do my life's work, I like to bring cybersecurity from the living room to the boardroom and make it accessible for everyone. 
You know, you brought up topics that I hadn't even thought about. I'm sure we'll um, get into it. We're sitting here thinking about students yeah. and school, and now I'm thinking about my own phone. I know, and, right? Oh, no. So I think I'm like, I need to take like, a look at that. Like, I've got to go. I'll be right back. We were stunned for a second. So, yeah, um, we think we can have all the answers for our students and probably don't know the first That's why thing. we're glad to have you on today. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for being well, here. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just um, – you know, I don't know if we want to start with you, Cindy, a little bit about um, starting with the parent piece of it, because we've been talking a lot about school sure. and students. You know, what are some things to know from, you know, as an adult, as a parent, just about security in general? What are some of your top tips maybe to give or or possible problems that we might uh, encounter? Sure. Well, one of the things that I think it's important to understand is that there is a difference between privacy and security. And that may be a little difficult for some folks to really um, absorb for a moment. But if you think about it in terms of privacy, you, you, can have, um, you can have privacy without having security, but you cannot have security without having privacy. And what I mean by that is our identities these days are mostly digital-based now, right? There are still some ways in which our identities are stored on paper. Think in, in terms of maybe your dentist office or your doctor's office. And there used to be these paper charts, right? And sometimes as you grew from being a baby up through an adult, that chart got thicker and thicker and thicker, right, as, as you grew and as your medical profile changed over time. And think now in terms of the fact that that thick file no longer exists because of the electronic medical record. So all of that data is now available to your doctor or it's available to the, the doctors or the clinicians that your family practice shares it with because they can make better clinical decisions about you. And so that's one of the dichotomies within healthcare is we want to keep our data private, right? We only want our doctors to know about our medical conditions or our treatments or the doctors that they trust to share it with. But yet they have to share it with almost everyone in order for that to happen. So that's where the whole difference between privacy and security comes into play. And when you think about it in terms of a mobile device and whether you're handing your, your child uh, a mobile phone for the first time in their life, and you're thinking, okay, I'm sort of putting them out there, right? And there's an aspect of keeping them safe, making sure that we, we can still protect them, but they still are going to start to develop this digital identity. And in terms of protecting that digital identity, there's, there's lots of resources that are available. And it doesn't matter if you're on an Android device or an iOS device, an Apple device, um, a MacBook computer or a Windows computer. There's a resource out there called Stay Safe Online. And it's all one word, staysafeonline.org. And it's a consortium with the security agencies that have all these different topics around having conversations with your, your children, having conversations with your families around understanding the difference between privacy and keeping your data that is personal to you, just that, keeping it personal, and also providing that layer of security around it. Because just like in physical security, you need to be aware of your surroundings, right? When you're walking to your car, when you're walking walking your dog, whatever, right? There's, there's an awareness of your surroundings. You still need to be aware of those surroundings when you're on the Internet. 
And just to piggyback off that, um, when we're talking with students, we use lots of words like your trusted adult. Um, and so like for their security and for their privacy, um, especially when you're handing them um, a device at home, having a conversation with them about who they can trust when they see things or when they um, other people have said things to them. That's one of the things that we try to, you know, because we know that kids are having phones and iPads younger and younger and they're watching all kinds of things and seeing all kinds of words. Um, so we just want them, one of the things that we stress at school are using um, the vocabulary of trusted as adult. And so that's one thing as you start these conversations with your kids. Tell them who their trusted adults are, their teachers, your friends, their friends, parents, those different people that if they see something that right away they can go tell somebody. Because I think as they get older, we assume they know so much more about what they see and what they shouldn't do. But we got to figure these kids are seeing things that um, maybe we as kids never saw or thought about. So just knowing that there's somebody that they can talk to when they see those things. Um, and then to piggyback off the security and privacy, the words we use at school for that, we've started calling that their digital tattoo and just letting them know that what they do is permanent. It's like a tattoo on your arm or your leg. You know, as you were talking, both of you were talking, I think, um, and I think our, our data, our informal data has shown, you have to tell a student or a child or probably an adult over and over and over again something. Um, you know, you, you tell your child whatever you put on, you know, you text can be, can be retrieved. You tell people not to give out their personal information. But do either one of you want to speak a little bit on how, how best parents can approach this, you know, without hounding them all the time, but trying to get students to understand um, just what you're talking about, that very thing, that digital tattoo, um, you know, when they say, oh, no one's ever told me that, or I don't think I heard that before. Mm -hmm. Suzanne, I, I like where you're going with that, because one of the things that I think that we often forget, because we maybe take it for advantage, is to understand why security is important to begin with. Um when, when we start to think in terms of the children as they go into teenage years and then into adult years, there's, there's been a, a sense of, gee, you know what, they, they don't really seem to have a sense of urgency around this. They may think that, oh, it's okay, it's all out there anyway, it doesn't matter. But when you really stop back to think about the fact that your digital identity, that digital footprint that you're making in the world now could have banking information tied to it. It could have your passport information tied to it, your driver's license information, and things like that that are very identifiable to you as a person. And the worst thing to have to go through is identity theft. And I actually had an example of someone where not only was their identity stolen, but somehow or another, this attacker created a death certificate for this person. And so basically, this person was considered deceased, but yet they were very much alive, and they had to go through a court of law to prove that they were, in fact, this person who was still alive. And when you start to think about that, it may sound ridiculous, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the things that are, that are not only part of our, our lives, um, you know, our, our personal identity, but also our livelihoods. And I think along with the trust and sharing, another thing um, that we stress at school is not sharing their personal device with anyone. Um, I've told them about my boys and that they could do a lot of things with their phones, but one thing that if they ever got caught sharing their phone, that was how they would lose their phone and letting their friends use it because mm -hmm. you don't know what that person is actually doing with your phone. 
And we've said the same exactly. for school devices. Um, that's why they signed their acceptable use policy that they won't be sharing anyone else's devices either. Um, just because it's a good habit to get into because one day, um, I think we all know that one day they're best friends and the next day they're not. And if they have your phone password and they pick it up or they can do different things. Um, and that's another thing that we um, tried to stress from the time they're little is not sharing passwords, um, that that is yours and yours alone and for you and your trusted adults to know, but not, you know, your friends. So I agree. This topic is so big. It's so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a parent, sometimes it's easier just to be like, well, I don't know what to do. Um, So if you ladies would give like three steps, three actions that parents can do today that can start um, the journey into creating a safe place for their child on uh, online, what would you suggest? Um, I can take that first. Um, I would say the first thing I would do is um, ask them what apps they're using and not in a, um, you know, you're doing this all wrong or this is, you know, you shouldn't be doing that kind of way, but just ask them honestly what they're using and then go into those apps and check their security settings. Make sure that they don't have their location shared. Make sure their password's secure, all that good stuff. Um, the next thing I would say is as they're sitting around watching things um, on YouTube or whatever they're watching it on on their devices, have them take their headphones off. Um, listen to what they're hearing because there's some crazy stuff that um, YouTube isn't the best at. They have filters, yes, and you can set parental controls, yes, but you can also get um, sucked into a lot of things. So TikTok, all those things where there's videos, just have them take their headphones off. Um, and the third thing I would say is just talk to them. Um, you know, start the conversation and not in a way that, that they assume that they're in trouble. And the sooner you start that, the better. I, I agree with everything you said there, Sarah. Um, and I'll add a little bit more um, uh, device-specific uh, advice in, in some of that. So if you have an Android phone, if you simply Google Android uh, security features or Android security, there are, very, there are five very simple steps that you can implement right there on the device that are easy to follow. Um, everything from your application permissions, as Sarah was mentioning, to locking your screen, uh, safe browsing protocols, and they're very easy. It's just one click, and it explains to you what that setting is. You can implement those on, on the phones right away, and you can do it on, on their devices as well, their laptop devices. Um, the same thing with an iOS or a Mac device. Uh, if you Google the Apple or Mac security features, there's about five or six simple settings that you can do there. Um, there's also some some limiting things that you can do so that if your child wants to try to download an application, that it has to ask for your approval to do so before they're able to download it. Um, that organization that I mentioned earlier, um, the staysafeonline.org, that's through the uh, National Cybersecurity Alliance. And if you look there, there are so many resources, but it's not overwhelming. They have these wonderful um, pages. There's, there's um, oh, what do I want to call it? It's almost like a dashboard. And it will show you the different applications that kids use nowadays um, and which ones are most malicious and which ones to avoid. Because they've done the research for you. You don't have to go out and research every single app and find out if it's good or bad or whatever the case may be, they've already done that. So I heavily leverage staysafeonline.org 
Um, for any of our, our students, I speak at other technical academies and things like that for uh, cybersecurity, and that is one of the resources that we always leverage because they've done that research. Yeah, and I think as I'm listening to all of this, I know our time is is almost over, but I'm thinking there are so many, um, you know, parent, faculty, student education things that could come of this. Um, I was sharing with Cindy when we went to the Florida Keys. Uh, they there was on the uh, we were at the pie shop, and on the table was where you can stick your phone in, your entire phone in to recharge. And the kids were telling me to do that with my phone, and I said, "Well, I thought of Cindy. I said, well." If I stick it in there, I mean, what if it downloads all of my information and sucks it all in? I mean, those are things. Exactly. I, I don't even know. I don't even know how accurate that is, but I think we don't even think about it. We just take our right. phone and we mm-hmm. charge it anywhere and plug it in anywhere possible. And who exactly. Knows? So I see lots of uh, follow up information to come. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Those. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for the resources. That that was. Those are great things. Of course. Well, we're so grateful to have you two as professionals to help guide us through this. So thank you so much to our guests, Cindy Carter and Sarah Verwers, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to this month's episode of Talking Heads. We hope you'll take advantage of one of our upcoming events to chat with us in person. But until next month, we're out. Thank you. Thank you.